Hello and welcome to GIST Radio. We are a casual radio station where we broadcast when we have something to say. GIST stands for Getting the Shit Together, and we broadcast important interviews and information for artists and creators of all kinds. For more information on GIST, please log into our website at www.gyst-ink.com, where you will find free resources, software, and publications for artists. You can email us and let us know what you would like to hear about at info at gyst-ink.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, listeners. This is your host, Kara Tomei. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Just Do It. So uh, what I do on this podcast is seek out artists who have hybridized their careers to include some form of programming that engages the public. So that could be through an ongoing project, an artist collaborative, uh, a nonprofit entity, sometimes those are the same thing, a nonprofit space, a non-commercial space, even a commercial space, whatever form it takes, uh, we here at Just Inc. are here to champion artists who have embraced a, a DIY approach to diversifying their studio practice and becoming well, more diversified. Um, the goal of Just Radio is to give these motivated practitioners a forum to share their experiences so that others can be inspired to just do it as well. So I have been researching, as, as you all know, hopefully I have some repeat listeners, I've been researching and talking to artists in Los Angeles who have been engaged in this kind of work for a couple of years now. And I would say that um, the collective that I'm about to talk to in a few minutes called Elephant is one of those ones that's been on my radar for a long time. Well, they themselves have been going since 2010, which is quite an accomplishment for an artist collective. I mean, to pull off uh, doing something like this takes a lot of energy and effort, and artist-run spaces often start and stop and close and reform and because it's a challenge and um, – they can be short-lived or, or long-lived, but the long-lived ones are always impressive to me. Um, in fact, I was lucky enough to be able to curate an exhibition recently called The Collectivists, which was uh, held at the Brand Library and Art Center in Glendale a few months ago. And what I was able to do is select six of the leading collectives in Los Angeles, many of whom who have been at it for six, seven, eight years, and a couple of newbies too. Um, Elephant was not in that show, but I have to say I wish they were. That's one that's kind of like if I could if I could have fit more, they would have been at the top of my list because they have such a strong vision, a very strong um, artist group, um, several of whom have been there since the start, and then um, others who have come in their uh, exhibitions that they have at their space in Glassell Park, Los Angeles is um, their the shows are amazing. Um, independent curators and artists are involved. And I'm going to, um, of course, the, the most exciting thing for this uh, particular show is 
this will be the biggest um, or the, the, yeah, the largest artist group I have interviewed at once on Just Do It. And so it's five out of their six members. And that is pretty impressive for many reasons. I mean, getting five people scheduled together actually took us a couple of months, but I'm a patient person, which is good. And the, the cool thing is, though, that they were really adamant about having as many of their core artists on at once so that they could all speak as a group, so to speak, that they were really committed to that. So I was happy to wait and be able to have a whole group of them on. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to, we're going to do kind of some uh, cool structure and see if we can pull it off. And I'm going to start introducing some of the members who I see are, are patching in here. So I'm going to welcome one of the original members of Elephant. I'm going to welcome Jason Kunky to the show. Hi, Jason. Hey, Kara. How are you doing? Good. I'm so excited to have you with us. And um, I just gave like a, a nice long-winded uh, uh, intro to you all, but I really want, uh, of course, you guys to speak for yourselves. So I'm going to patch in a few more of the members here who are calling in and to our call-in show. Let's see. Who do we have on the line here? Hello. Who is this on the line? Hi. Austria is here. Austria Slendrude. Hi. Hello, Astri. Okay, and let's see who else we have at the moment. We've got numbers. We've got Jason and Astri. And hi, who's this? This is Matt McFarland. Can you hear me? Hi, Matt. Yes, I can. Hello. I can all hear you very, very well. Yeah, I can hear you. Excellent. Can you hear me? <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, we'll put him on hold. So Jason and Astri, actually, it's great that you um, are going to start, kick off the show in a way, because you are two of the original founder members. Um, since 2010, you've been involved with Elephant. And so um, I'd like one of you to talk about the beginnings of the space and how did it all come come to pass and come to start. Uh, well, yeah, it, it, it kind of got a soft start at, 2008 when uh, a group of artists uh, after grad school, I think almost everyone just got out of CalArts and we located uh, a relatively affordable building in Glassell Park for artist studios. Um, and right off the bat, there was an extra space in the building that we couldn't really use as a studio. We kind of tried to use it as storage, but, but from the beginning, we, we, we wanted to make it into a gallery. <clears throat> it, it, and it took <laughs> to, to finally pull that together. So in 2010, uh, we, we cleaned up that extra space and started inviting uh, people to curate shows. So in the beginning, it was, um, it was a bunch of recent, you know, we're MFA or BFA grads from CalArts. Uh, I'm a CalArtsian myself, by the way. That's cool. Um, that needed studio space, and then also you had a, a collaborative mind to uh, to do a exhibition space too. Astri, I'll have I'll ask you the question. Like when you when you when you got together, you know, as studio mates, and then thought, let's have a space. Um, I, I do know that you invite outside curators to come and curate shows. That your members don't curate shows or show their own work. That's a little different than a lot of the uh, collaboratives that I've uh, and the spaces that I've, um, you know, known of. That you have that kind of delineation. So, what was it about that that you didn't that you had that separation? Yeah, when we started talking about starting the space, we pretty immediately realized we did not want it to be a platform for showing our own work. Um, 
for our own curatorial interest. I'm sorry, I'm going to Astrid, I'm sorry, Astrid, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you must be close to another phone because we're getting some crazy feedback on, on the line. So if you could, if you're like, are you, I think you're all in the same space, so if you could separate out. Yeah, and uh, Yes, that's better. Thanks. Great. Okay, great. Okay, so as I was saying, um, we decided to invite exclusively outside artists and actually, curators. Actually, I'm so sorry, Astri. I'm so sorry to interrupt you again. It's actually not that better. I'm hearing. See, this this is the challenge of blog talk is uh, is the phone issues. I'm gonna put. You, I'm gonna have to ask you to separate yourself even more, and perhaps I yes. can have um, Matt talk for a minute uh, just to kind of have Astri get herself in a good spot. Uh, Matt McFarland. Um, how Hello. long have you been involved with the collective? Hi, Matt. How long have you been a part of Elephant? Uh, I believe it was 2011. Uh, oh, so you're kind of luckily, you've been there since, uh, yeah. I've been there, yeah, for for a while. But uh, they obviously established the space pretty well already before me, and then luckily they had a space open up, and I slid in there, and um, so so yeah, it was very fortuitous. Um, but yeah, as Austin so how- was saying, um, we we decided, well, they decided before me that. They didn't want it to be a showcase for our work. Mm-hmm. They wanted to give for your people own. that we knew, people that we respected, people whose work we admired, a space to kind of just do whatever they wanted. Um, so that's that was kind of the mission before I even got there. And, and you know, obviously I came in and uh, followed suit. So we have we have open studio or yeah open studios every year every other year or so so that's when we can you know show some of what we're working on but in general the exhibition space is just for you know the people that submit proposals and that we we choose to show I think that's really cool because then you've got this community of, you know, you all making art and, and, but then also opening up to the community and you find yourselves being very, um, but, I mean, you're a tight-knit group, obviously. I mean, like I said, it was very cool that you all said, we are not coming on just unless most of us can be there. And five out of six members is awesome to get everybody together, even if there is some feedback, as long as you separate. <laughs> but um, <laughs> th- do you find yourselves, like, how, what is, maybe, maybe I'll go back to Astri and see um, if she sounds okay to talk about how you get together and, like, so you have this camaraderie as studio artists, how do you relate to each other in that capacity? I mean, is, there must be a wonderful kind of community and a back and forth and that support. Just talk a little bit about the benefits of being close studio mates um, like that. Yeah, well, we feel really privileged to be able to all work together and share this space and run the gallery together as not only professional associates, but as friends. Um, and a lot of the ethos of the space, I think, comes out of our shared respect for one another's practices and inputs, as well as just our enjoyment of each other's company. Um, all of our decision makings for the space, whether that is in selecting the proposals that we choose to realize as shows in the space or just figure out um, lately we've been going back and forth about like electrical issues, but all of these um, 
decision-making processes really come out of a sense of consensus and a sense of respect and trust that we have for each other's inputs and um, decisions. So it makes right, and running also you have great parties. As, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it also comes out of us just really liking to spend time with one another and also wanting to show the work of other artists who you feel like have a similar community-oriented mindset. Right. Yeah, I mean, it is a very, it's just, the openings are so fun. It's all just, yeah, very, all artists and sharing. And it is kind of a great, you've got a great vibe in, in your spot. And it always feels like just a fun party, but with great, great high-level <laughs> contemporary work. Because you do, you do find curators uh, you, who um, are at the top of the game for sure. So, so who, maybe maybe um, Jason could talk a little bit about the process of, like, I, I understand you accept proposals from curators. I'm sure you also seek out other curators and other people. I mean, is it a, is it Jason? Does it depend on how the curators come? How, what's your group process for selecting the shows that will actually go up in in your space? Okay, I think we've lost Jason. So, um, Astrid, can you answer that? Um, we have an open proposal system that is kind of facilitated through our website. And so we're constantly getting in proposals from both curators and also individual artists for the space that we then meet as a group about once or twice a year to go through the proposals and select our programming for the next year. Some of these proposals come from artists who are outside of LA, who we've never met, whose work we're unfamiliar with, and some proposals come from people who have been regularly showing up at the space or are friends with us. You know, Every now and then there'll be an artist who I say, hey, you should really think about putting in a proposal at Elephant. I love your work. But um, beyond that, we are really open to whoever chooses to send in a proposal to us, open to at least consider their work. What we tend to look for is people who really seem to understand the idiosyncrasies of our space, that it's small, it's kind of wonky, it's not a traditional formalized gallery space exactly. But for artists who want to work in the kind of situation we can provide, we're really excited to particularly follow up on those proposals that take into account the particularities of our space. Yeah, that's, that is the kind of, you have to be, flu, you have to have that fluid part for sure. Um, Jason, you're back with us, right? I am. Okay, cool. And is is there any who else? It was I uh, haven't heard from Bianca yet. Is Bianca available to, to jump on the line and, and answer a question or two as well? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think she's here yet. Okay, so, no problem. No, no problem. We're going with the flow here. I mean, listen, getting five people in the same place at once is <laughs> not easy for right. sure. Um, but Jason, so so what? I'm going to ask one kind of some like random questions in in a way, um, just to kind of get some some more information from from all of you. Um, so I mean, what would you say are your well short term short term goals? You're you're in a flow. You guys have been in a great flow. You've got a great thing going that seems to be working. Obviously, for the past seven years, is there are there some long term goals that you're working on that 
you are talking as a group, you know, that might be a little bit different from what you're doing now? Or are you just feeling in your vibe of this is working and, and, and this is how we're going to flow along? Or there's some fantasy goals out there or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think, I think we're more, more flow than goal. Uh, to, yeah, to be fair, okay. I, don't, I don't think we had too many goals in the beginning. Uh, however lucid or intelligent we might sound about how we operate now, that it just kind of came about through, through just sort of dealing with one problem at a time. So, yeah. uh, well, that's, that's I, I don't, also I don't think how we, many collectives work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's kind of, you but, have to have that flow. Don't you feel you kind of have to have, if you're too rigid, it's too, it gets too complicated, too. I mean, you've got six members, and, you know, you're all working artists, and you all have uh, practicing, you know, you're exhibiting, you're practicing your uh, your craft, and, and you're, a lot of you teach, and a lot of you do other jobs, and so you've got, like, this kind of, you know, five-person uh, <laughs> thing going on, and uh, you have to kind of, you have to be flexible. I, I hear that again and again from people, like, if, if there was advice. Maybe that's one of your advice tips, right? You got to be kind of flow and flexible and just go with what opportunities present themselves, right? Is that something you would yeah, say absolutely. is successful? Yeah. So it really helps that uh, you know, first and foremost, we're we're friends, so that that kind of helps cut down on a lot of potential drama. Like we don't, we're not gonna mm. uh, if if we end up having some sort of falling out, we still have to like work in the same studio space together and see each other in a social you know milieu constantly. So. Um, sure. Yeah, I think I think that's sort of in the foreground, and it's it's more just sort of like we're if we're going to hang out anyways, we have this space that we're already. I mean, it's already paid for in our rent. Why not? Why not just uh, get together every month or so and have a few beers and have, look at some art, you know? Yeah, it's like yeah, what, what could be better? Okay, you mentioned rent, and I do like to um, kind of talk about those nitty gritty things because I think a lot of people think, well, how does this how does this work? How do they pay for things? How does work out? So obviously, your studio rent is uh, divided into six, and then the gallery comes with it. So it's kind of like a, a double a double thing, right? Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. Yeah, you all subsidized in our studio rent. Right, you all have an equal equal rent for your studio space, and are all the studio spaces similar size? There's six uh, spaces in the building, right? No, there's there's a clear hierarchy of of sizes and niceness of studio. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, okay. Uh, it's kind of funny, but <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, but it's cool. It, it, it works, you know. Whoever, it's our needs, our individual needs. But there's you know a bigger studio and a smaller studio. There's one with windows and ones without. So. Um, and we yeah, did I mean, an elaborate awesome. measuring of the space, so our rent is divided by square feet in a some sort of mathematical okay, system right. we developed early on. Yeah. Well, that's only fair if you have a certain amount of square feet. I mean, Astrid, describe the building a little bit because I think it's just a cool story about the building, and this is kind of what happens too with artists needing studio space. You know, you went into a place that had cheaper rent. It's kind of on the outskirts of things. I mean, it's Gossel Park, you know, which is up and coming now for sure. But I mean, maybe 2010 it was a little less so. And just describe yeah, the, the building. Yeah, the neighborhood definitely changed. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a. Uh just kind of a nondescript gray stucco building when we were trying to figure out what we would call our gallery we had a very long email chain of potential names and one of them that was thrown out there was elephant because the building looks kind of like this clumsy gray creature and 
it ah, that's sort of where the became name came the from. <laughs> yep. That. Yeah. That's and great. the building you And now there's a painted elephant office. on it. Mm-hmm. Yes, we finally, Matt made us the lovely elephant stencil a few years ago, so the building <laughs> finally has some sort of marker. Marker. But it used yeah. to be a doctor's office before we um, moved into the building, so I wasn't there in the initial renovation. I came on slightly after, so I think Jason could probably speak more to the exact condition of the building when we first got it, but I know that, yeah, the waiting room and exam rooms and doctor's offices were like sort of a a maze of little tiny rooms Uh, uh, most of what we had to do at first was actually remove walls instead of build walls Um, and yeah there was a lot of medical equipment one of the studios still has an x-ray machine apparatus in it Uh, we found like a centrifuge Uh, it's it's pretty great Um, yeah. yeah, and then you transformed it to your needs. I love it. Matt, you're with us still, right? I am. I want to, oh, well, I need to get hear on. your voice here. Let's get your, let's get your voice in, in here. <laughs> so you've been here for a long time. How about, how about the question I um, ask of you is, can you think of kind of, can you think of a failure story, so to speak, that you guys learned from? Like, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a question which is like, turns into an advice bit of like, is there something that, you know, along the way that kind of started to, you know, or not quite work, or, or, did, or were you, or I don't know, maybe you all have been charmed from the beginning, but like, some of the, cha- like, what's the challenge that you guys as a group maybe had to overcome, you know, in the process of getting Elephant going and thriving? I think something that we – hello? Unmute me. Yes, I can hear you. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. You're good. Um, something that we realized after – you know, initially it was people that we knew um, that were submitting proposals or that we were showing, and then as, as we started receiving more proposals, um, people we didn't know started showing. And, you know, there weren't any – major incidents, but I think what we realized is that we had to kind of formalize um, formalize what we expected from the artists and um, in terms of, it, you know, um, being in the space and cleaning up the space and, and just making sure everything was kind of squared away. And so we started, you know, drafting like more of a formal packet to give to the artists. And um, it was something, you know, like, like Jason said, as we organically kind of evolve and develop, which is something that we hadn't had to do previously. And so, uh, and we have to do now, um, just, just based on like the attention that we're getting, you know? Yeah, you are getting a lot of attention. I mean, elephant is definitely, you know, now considered one of the, you know, I would say best, most, you know, high (laughs) functioning collectives. You're in the news, you're getting reviewed, your shows are getting reviewed in all the major publications here, et cetera, et cetera, which must be really gratifying doing after doing it for so long. That's awesome. Let's get back Matt to this kind of uh, not not hierarchy of tasks, but you have a packet. So you you become a studio mate and you have a packet of responsibilities and and then our, our tasks, kind of let's say you're having a show and and you're putting it up or do each members kind of like do certain things and and each person does what they're good at or how does it kind of actually work nitty-gritty to get a show up with your members and responsibilities is it all you know yes uh we yeah we the good thing about having six of us is that not a lot of things 
fall through the cracks. So um, if, if someone's having like a, a lot going on in their lives, someone else can kind of slide in and take over. Um, so yeah, we do have like specific tasks that we each take on for each show. For instance, uh, I do like the the uh, email invitation, the Mailchimp stuff. Um, I believe David does like the 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 website stuff. Uh, Jason does like a Facebook. I, I might be getting some of that wrong, but um, I do yeah, a lot of private. Austria does a lot. You have your she does Facebook a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so so, you each have a piece of the of the puzzle that needs to get done with a show, and and that's your task for for. Uh, is it kind of like a permanent thing, like, or is it per show? Like Astrid's always Facebook it, it, queen. It's pretty or just permanent. Kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, depending on like I said, if if someone's like too busy or something, someone will take over. But the most important thing is that there's a a point person for each artist. So someone that right. so so the artist doesn't have to communicate with all of us. <clears throat> so there's one person mm-hmm. that they're kind of. Um, assigned to and so right that you know, and then that person has you know a lot more responsibility um in terms of of uh, what they have to do to get the show ready so like for instance Austria was the point person for Liz Nuremberg <clears throat> the show that's up right now mm-hmm. and so you know there's a lot of a lot of details and communication that needs to happen to make sure that the the show goes off without a hitch Sure, and I bet that with you know certain proposals, there's certain artists of your group that say, okay, this really excites me. I kind of want to be, you know, a point person for it, or you know, or it's or you know the curator, and you <laughs> might say, you know, oh, this is one I'm really gonna, you know, kind of dig my teeth into and do extra for. I mean, does that kind of thing happen too? As you're, you know, having what every eight six weeks shows. By the way, are they that? Is it that regimented? They're, they're pretty much just once, once a, month, a month. Yeah, they the. Entirety oh my gosh, of the month. you guys are ambitious. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, as you mentioned, the artist the artist does most of the work. You know, they're they're the ones that it's we want to give them the, the space. Curator. We want to give them the opportunity and then it's kind of their responsibility to make sure that, oh, that's Yeah, cool. we just I we're see. there we're there to support, we're there to help, we're there to mm-hmm. make sure it, it feels well. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And to throw a good Great opening and buy buy beer. <laughs> Exactly. Beer and yep. sausages. I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. I you know, once yeah, once a month is really impressive. Actually, that's uh, you definitely have this down to a science. That's for sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, I thought I'd do something kind of fun since, like, you guys are you know been so close for for seven years doing this, and and you guys really um, you know kind of know each other well. So, how about I ask one of you a question about the other, and you can tell me if you know it. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Are you all ready? You all ready? Okay. Is this, this going to be dirty or? Uh... Uh, maybe, maybe. I was, you know, I'm going to get really personal here. Are you ready? Austria, what's where Jason's favorite? Begins, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's David's, uh, no, I'm sorry. What's Jason's favorite libation? I mean, Ooh. I feel like I see that guy with a, you know, he's a solid Tecate drinker at an opening, but I do know that he orders a sour beer. At a bar. Okay. I think Jason. I, I'd say he likes the Michelada as well. <laughs> oh yeah, a Michelada. Okay, yeah. no, that's correct. All right, let's do this like a round. Let's do this like a round robin. Let's do this like a round robin. Like only the person who has the question gets to answer, and then the person that you're answering about doesn't get to comment until later. <laughs> okay, so Jason, what is Matt's uh, type of car? 
his type of um I think he has a Prius, but uh I think uh, I think deep down inside he he wants to drive a monster truck. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Matt <laughs> Matt, does yep. Jace no does uh, does Austri have a pet? And what is it? Yes. Austri has the best cat ever. Toast. <laughs> What's his name? Toast. Toast. Toaster. Oh God, okay, There's variations. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jason, um, does Austria like to cook? Um, I think I think maybe a little lukewarm on that. Not quite yes. <laughs> not quite no. Okay, <laughs> Matt. What is Jason's mother's name? Oh man, sorry, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, there, there it is. I know she lives in Texas, in Houston. That's all That's I know. good. That's good. That's good. Okay, there. Uh oh, no, I didn't mean to start any. Uh, I didn't mean to start any falling out. So I just thought it'd be uh, fun to do yeah, kind of like how well do you know beer. each other? Right. Exactly. My favorite beer is not Tecate. No, that's great. So <laughs> let's let's. Let let me do this. Let me give each of you um, an opportunity to you know say something about the space they're working together that I haven't asked yet. Um, you know, maybe starting with Austri. Um, you know, we covered kind of like what you want to cover to represent Elephant out there in in Cyberland. Yeah, I mean, I think we've touched on this a little bit, but I'd just like to. I think what really stands out about the space for me and what makes me so excited to be a part of it is the community aspect that when we're inviting an artist to come in and do the show, we're not just, you know, getting their work and hanging it ourselves, but we're really getting that artist involved in being a part of the space for the month that they have the gallery. Some artists even treat it kind of like a residency. A few months ago, we had a great show by Kristen Kammermere where she spent the first few weeks of the month in the space constructing the work site specifically, and then only opened the show at the end of the month once all the work had been created. Oh. So it's just mm-hmm. been such a great way to get to know a lot of amazing artists on a um, much deeper level than you might otherwise, because they become a part of our daily life around the studio And so really having this community that's been building now for seven years has been, I think, one of the most valuable aspects of running the space to me. Mm -hmm. That's great. And who just joined us? I see someone else patching in. I want to give them a chance to talk. Bianca. This is Bianca and David. Sorry, here you speak. Hi, and I'm I'm on Bianca's line. This is David. Okay, that's great. Make sure you all are nicely separated so we don't get feedback. Thank you guys for for coming. Um, I know it is it is uh, we had a little scheduling time thing, so therefore you you were on time. And I so we've talked a lot with we got to the point of like say asking kind of some specifics about what's like the kind of the best thing about you know being part of a collective. And so I'm gonna get I'm gonna get David Earl. I'm gonna give you a chance to just articulate, you know, being a part of this collective, what is, what are the benefits for you to, to be doing, to be part of it? Because it's more than just having a studio, obviously. So what would you say to that question? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and um, I, I'm late to the conversation, so I hope I'm not um, redundant here. But um, one way that I 
sometimes describe it is that it's like the MFA program that continues after graduation in the best possible way. Oh, you're lucky. In, in, in other words, mm-hmm. without any of the anxiety of ha- having a uh, you know, final project to, you know, that you're not ready to yeah. present. But, uh, but as Ostri was saying, uh, just the ability to connect with other artists and this ongoing conversation, um, there's a kind of, I think, a sort of beehive quality to the space when, you know, people are there and maybe an artist is installing and your coworkers are working on a project and, and it's, it's totally inspiring on the one hand, there's a, there's a kind of energy uh, of work happening that is easy to tap into, but then also just the ability to have the the conversation and, and to meet new artists and learn about their work. I I sort of feel like um, it's, I, I, it gives me a feeling of being sort of deeply connected to what's happening um, in our right now in our in our cultural world. Yeah, and I'm glad that you articulate that because no one did quite that way, which is which is cool. And that is too that, that there is something about you know be, getting out of an MFA program and then all of a sudden you're on your own. And so I think that right. kind of these kind of communities and collaboratives and collectives are a, a, a wonderful way to do exactly what you're saying, you know, to keep the conversation going, keep the critique going, keep the camaraderie going, keep the energy flowing because you're out there now and making work and now what? <laughs> and like, and, and supporting exactly. each other. So that is a really good reason to, to, to start a collective and to be part of it. And then when you succeed, like you all have for seven years, it's just gravy. Um, okay, so we did a mm-hmm. funny thing before and I'm going to throw you under the bus and do it with you. I'm going to ask you one question about one other member of the group and see if you can answer it. Are you ready? Okay. okay. Is this like this da- is like the newlyweds da- or something? Uh huh. It totally is. So, David, what is Matt's um, favorite snack? Oh, you know that's a loaded question. I mean, <laughs> there are so many. I, I, I'm not sure. The f- oh, let, let me answer it this way. I brought donuts just now, and I'm kind of hoping that Matt hasn't seen the box yet, but I'm hoping his favorite snack <laughs> is in the box. And so that's a way of saying Matt loves oh, snacks, <laughs> and I just think whatever, like, I don't know. But, but Matt would probably He's say sandwiches man. if I – He's a snack man. Well, I mean, it's actually, it's actually literally been part of his work. I mean, no, no, no joke. I mean, well, there like, you go. There you go. That's great. But I, I should let Matt. Okay, well, I wanna... Yeah, I should let him talk about that. No, no, no. He, he's not allowed to respond until I'm until not allowed to oh, oh. up. And then you guys, okay. no, and then you guys can like you know fight it out amongst you, amongst yourselves when I'm not around. <laughs> <laughs> I got some thoughts. So, so let me have, don't worry. Let me have Bianca um, come on the line and talk about her, um, you know, her experience briefly about being part of this group. Bianca, what, what, you know, why, why are you part of Elephant and articulate something, you know, that really resonates with you? Hey, thanks. Um, that resonates. With, I mean, there's so many things to consider. Um, for me, so I work for myself full time, and so I'm at the studio all the time. <laughs> And uh, working for yourself can be very lonely. Um, and like, you know, David mentioned the whole thing post-MFA, you're, you're quite lost. And I started up a business that's a creative business. And it's kind of nice because for me, it kind of bridges that gap between being an artist and a business owner. And it's this weird in-between space. So I kind of get like one foot in that sort of like feeling of being part of the community and still seeing what artists are doing. And I'm inspired by that. And I feel cozy and comforted by their um, company, but at the same time, uh, I still have the liberty to kind of like 
expand my business in a, in a setting that, you know, is open-ended. Um, and so it's been really fun because everyone's been very um, supportive because I feel like I'm kind of the, uh, the underdog and I'm not making art in the conventional sense anymore. Um, and everyone's been very sort of supportive of having me there as my, my practice has you know, evolved into something else. Um, and well, I think that's, that's actually so cool. And I think it's really cool yeah. that you, are, you know, kind of articulated that as being kind of someone who's coming at it in a different way. And especially because, like, mm-hmm. a, the whole point of, of GIST and, and the whole yeah. thing that we're about is diversifying, you know, and, and whether you're right. a creative, you know, just calling yourself a creative and diversifying your practice, you know, your main thing yeah. could be making art objects, your main thing could be a graphic design, your main passion could be, you know, whatever, building, building yeah. shelves, but, you know, but, but if, but if you want to be a, a creative person and an artist with a capital A, which spans, you know, spans yeah. things and spans <laughs> disciplines. I mean, that's that's what we all should be thinking about in our current society and in the 20th, 21st yeah. century. I mean, you know, the, this rigid thing about you're an artist and then, oh, and I also do this secret thing in the side. No, let's let's break down all those barriers. And yeah, you're exactly. articulating be, putting yourself in a group of artists, practicing artists who are also curators, who are also event planners, yeah. who are also publicists, yeah. who are also graphic designers. I mean, all of you are doing all of that all at once. You've expanded your horizons in a wonderful way and and become part of that. So that that's really yeah. No, it's really it's funny Mm -hmm. because it kind of does feel like you go to a dark side if it's not under the uh, the capital A art. (laughs) Yeah, which Um, yeah, which is just kind of like let's let's just stop. Let's just stop putting those you know labels on people because it's much more exciting, exhilarating, and it's the reality of being an artist today. Yeah, I mean you know what what. 0.5% or whatever. Yeah, you have to, 0.5% of artists just makes art and makes money off their art, and that's all they do. So you have to survive. Mm -hmm. You might as well survive in an artistic way, spanning all practices. And that's why I love Mm -hmm. these artist collectives, and I love all of you all. You know, you're, you're, like I said, I just named like five things in addition to making art that you all do at all times to run this space and run these shows and run, be part of community. And it's just a, such a more expansive communal communal thing, which I think is, you know, that's basically why I try to put groups like you all on, you know, uh, on Sweet. these interviews to talk about that. And so that more people can get inspired to do that and pull pull that all together in a way that makes them feel more whole, more creative, more you know, part of a community. So I think that's like a perfect, perfect kind of, you know, not ending to the whole thing, but ending to, to your segment, except I have to ask you the secret question. Let's Uh-oh, see. Okay. Bianca, what is Austri's favorite musician or song? Really? <laughs> <laughs> is that too harsh? I'm, okay. Oh I, have my I have another okay, one. I have another one. Is Austri, yeah, that's too hard. Is Austri an early bird or a late bird? Can she be a medium bird? Or an in between <laughs> bird? <laughs> sure. I don't, That's what I am. I, I, don't, I don't see her very early and I don't see her very late. I feel like she's very balanced as a human. <laughs> a balanced bird. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That is so great. So um, I think that um, I think we've had a great interview where, where, you know, we got to talk so much about all the different things that Elephant does. And I want to really, really thank, um, you know, Austri kind of, Austri 
Spendron, David Earl, Jason Kunky, Bianca D'Amico, Matt McFarland for being here with me today to talk about Elephant. And also not to uh, leave out, uh, he, he worked so he couldn't be here today, but your, your last member or your sixth member is Quinn Gomez-Heisberg. And um, I'm just really inspired by the six of you. And obviously um, the art world is too because you're getting some just great attention, which is well-deserved. And um, I'm really, really happy I finally finally got you all on the show because I consider the show an archive of L.A. collectives. And without Elephant on there, I was kind of like, no, can't happen. So we, we worked on it for a while. We made it happen all together. And um, thank you all so much for, for being on Just Radio and just doing it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you very for, much. Yeah, great You're to welcome. be here. You're welcome. Thank you, you I'm I'm glad you are. And I'm going to remind our audience, too, that if you are interested in starting a collective or working on your own professional practices, that just Inc., which is G-Y-S-T-Inc.com, has hundreds and hundreds of pages of free resources about like all the aspects that it takes to do what Elephant is doing, plus more, and um, we have workshops and, and we have uh, software and books and all sorts of resources. So if this interview inspired you, which I hope it did, um, please check us out online and follow Just Inc. Um, or rather, follow Just Inc. on Facebook and follow Just Radio on Facebook where I have an archive now of dozens and dozens of uh, artists doing uh, similar things to Elephant, although Elephant's definitely at the top of the game and it was a pleasure to talk to all of them. Signing off for Just Do It. And lend us your ears again. Thank you. Summer slowdown? Is that a thing? At Reebok, we want to help you stay motivated and keep moving all summer long. That's why for a limited time, we're giving you your second pair of footwear for just $25. So now you can up your game with some versatile trainers, set a personal best with our running shoes, or crush the course with Reebok all-terrain shoes. The choice is yours. Find your summer inspiration at the Reebok Outlet Store at the Citadel Outlets, Citadel Drive, Commerce. But hurry, these savings won't last. Reebok, be more human. Ends June 27th. Terms and conditions apply. See in-store for details. Details.